You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome, everybody, to the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host and Catholic speaker, Sean A.R. So today, our show will focus on the term toxic masculinity and how being truly masculine is good if we follow in the ways of the greatest masculine or man, Jesus Christ. In today's society, this can be looked at in a negative way. So today we're going to tackle this issue, and hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll see masculinity is a good thing, and that the perfect example, again, of masculinity is Jesus Christ. So the, so the Bible quote I want to talk about today is from 1 Kings uh, 2, verses 1 through 3, and it goes, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. And keep charge of the Lord your God, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. And this was actually King David speaking to Solomon, which is, I think is beautiful, a father teaching his son. So today in studio, we have two um, amazing gentlemen with us sharing today because we are talking about toxic masculinity. So I thought it's fitting to have two gentlemen in the studio today. Uh, with me, I have a subdeacon, Jeff Kassab. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us. Thank you for having me, Sean. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for coming. And we also have Pilar Asaki with us. Hey, you, Pilar. I appreciate it, Sean. Thank you very much. So, Pilar, earlier you and I were talking about toxic masculinity, and you, you, were, sharing, you were sharing a story with me about how it's affected you and your life. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you know we were talking about, I went to an all-boys school. Yeah, and, so did I. Yeah, right? So we went to all-boys schools. I have two brothers. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of females in my everyday life all the time, especially like during the part of my life when I was really coming to my own, figuring out who I was. Um, and so what that's done is, you know, nobody's perfect, right? And so I've looked at, I look at my past and I look at things and I say, hey, I can look back at that time in my life, whether it be high school, early adulthood, and say, you know, looking back on it now, man, that was some truly toxic masculinity stuff you were doing. But really in a perfect sense, I look at that time in my life and I said, I had more fraternity and brotherhood and men that I can go to in my life uh, that, that I just felt really strongly had my back, I had their back. I mean, it was, it was really close bond. And it's almost, I don't think, necessarily fair that I have to, based on today's view of toxic masculinity, look back to those times and say, oh, that was a masculinity, that was a toxic part of my life. Um, and so that kind of rubs me the wrong way a, a little bit. And uh, I think I think about my kids, and I want to send my son to that school that I went to. Where'd you go to? U of D Jesuit. Okay, nice. I want him to go to that school, and the bonds that I formed there, and the relationships that I built, and what I learned about not just being a man, but about being a good person and about being a spiritual person. Um, I don't think I could have gotten in a different environment where you could argue would be less of a masculine environment. Um, so it really did form me and shape me in a way that I'm forever grateful for. But I don't think that in this day and age, um, the, even the boys that are at that school right now, I think they're under pressure. They're under scrutiny that I wasn't under. And I don't know that that's necessarily right. Um, because I think that's going to allow them, it's going to force them to miss out on something that I had that they didn't. Look, do I say bro more than the average Chaldean? Well, maybe not hey, more bro. than the average Chaldean, but yeah. more than the average guy, maybe. Do I say brother when I talk to people? Sure. I can tell you that makes women uncomfortable. 
Uh, if I'm if I'm if I see something like that at work, if I see something like that in, a, in an area where I'm volunteering, if I'm in a setting where we're working together as peers, they feel like I'm leaving them out. They feel like oh, it's a it's a it's a boys club, right? And so I am aware of that all the time. And that's again, it comes from that that upbringing of having brothers, of being you know really formed in an all boys school. But it, it has made me who I am, um, and and I'm not ashamed of that. But I do feel like there's not a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, in today's day and age that are going to get that opportunity because of the way kind of the world has spun it. You know, it's funny. Um, everything you just said right now, yeah. I do too. Yeah, I went to all boys school. I went to Brother Rice. I have two brothers. I use the word brother and everything. And I, I work for corporate America. You know, I work for a big company and I'll be in my email like, thanks, brother. Yeah. <laughs> in my email. Yeah. Not to women, of course, but I mean, like to other guys I talk to. But it's nothing. It's not that I think less of any woman or whatever, maybe. But I, I, I like that. That's why I was raised myself. We even had a thing when we were in high school. It was called Band of Brothers. Because, you know, we were there for each other. We, like, it was like we stood up for each other. We had our rival schools. Thank God you didn't go to that school because this podcast would have ended right there. Um, not to anybody who went to that school. It's okay. But I'm just saying for this specific purpose. But, um, yeah, that's wonderful. So I have a few topics I want to, I want to bring up to both of you guys. And, of course, you know, we'll, have, we'll, we'll talk about each one of them. The first thing I want to talk about is what is toxic masculinity? Why, where did that term come from? Right. So toxic masculinity is is something that it, it's really for uh, the way I look at it is toxic means usually when you think of the word toxic, you're like it's something bad. Poisonous. It's poisonous, right? It's it's no good for us. But I think the way the word is used here, the way that we should use it, it means it's something that's addictive. Right. It's something that is something that we should get from other men, um, something that we learn from our fathers, something that we learn from our brothers, something that we learn from our priests, something that we learn from Jesus Christ, whether we want to use the word or not. Jesus Christ had toxic masculinity. I mean, right. it's, it's just it's it's something that's that's addictive. That's something that that I, I I've I learned how to be a man. Uh, most of us learned that from our fathers. Some of us didn't get a chance. Uh, you were saying earlier, um, your father was always working. My father was always working. The toxic men in my life were my uncles. You right. know, I learned a lot from my uncles. You know, and when I needed something, brave, to them. Strong. Exactly. I had a back. This was like back in the. 80s or late 70s early 80s you know we used to work on cars we'd open up the hood nice. there'd be three four guys you know their hands are oily working on the cars you know of course I was young I was the one give me a wrench give me a screwdriver right. give me this give yeah. me that you know um, but but man that that's toxic masculinity but like yeah, what we pick up from other men you know but don't you think these days because I get what you're saying you know that addictive nature of that word toxic but it's you're probably trying to put a, per, like, a nice spin on yeah. something that the society is really trying to drive home the point that if you're too strong of a man if you believe these things and you treat women this way something's wrong yeah you that is a bad thing right i mean i get i get that's where what you're saying that word toxic yeah. but i i use the word toxic in a different way but that's but that's not what you're society is trying yeah. to push yeah. us to you're, you're putting a positive spin on it so yes. society today wants us to think how about even today because you know everything words words matter right words matter. and everyone's feelings are hurt <laughs> so they even took the word toxic out and they they, they replaced it with traditional so traditional masculinity is wrong like what so what my grandpa used to be and my great grandpa and all these great men that i've heard about all not even my family but great people that i've known or heard about or read about the all these men who did amazing things 
traditional masculinity is wrong. But that's what that's what pushed them to do those things. But today, in today's society, we have like this false perception of what masculinity is. And today in society, masculinity is you're aggressive, you're violent, you have no emotion, you're all just physical stuff. So that's what society wants us to think today. And I think it's crazy. You said it earlier, Pilar, where you said, you know, that's not how I was raised. And all the men that I, listen, none of the men in my family are violent. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't personally know a man in my life that I know like, oh, yeah, he beats his wife and he's very domineering and, you know, he wants everything for him. He's very aggressive. I don't know. I mean, I know people that are tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, Jeff, you look tough, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but very He's masculine. Very but I'm not going to say you're toxic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, you know, um, I was telling you guys earlier, <clears throat> nowadays, right, um, you hear about women empowerment books, women empowerment seminars. They have all these things. They have women empowerment month. Right. And I see it all the time in work, at home and everything. Not, not like at home with my wife, of course, but I see it like everywhere you go. And there's nothing wrong with that. And listen, for the women who are listening to this podcast, we have nothing against women empowerment. Just change the station. Just, yeah. just change the station. <laughs> but, but what I'm but what I'm what I'm getting at is I think what's happening now. Uh, listen, us where we are at our age, I'm not going to say our age, but where we are in our age, we know who we are. We know where we're right. We're good where we sure. are. But I feel like my sons, I have two boys. Right. And the boys growing up nowadays. All if they have, all they see is this, and they see that it's toxic to be masculine. It's okay. They're gonna say it's okay, and that, but that's wrong. Well, then yeah, the, but they're gonna think that's normal because that's what society's telling them, right? Right. And, but we don't want that, obviously, no. right? So I'm not saying like we should end women empowerment, but I think we should give light to fine I, masculinity for, in a good way. Sean, you know what? It's I think women did the right thing, right? Women stepped up when the men started to fall back. I agree. And they took over. They they all got educated, which is great. They all um, got great jobs. They all got jobs of empowerment. They all and you know what? And the men just kind of the men seemed like the past 15, 20 years. Like what happened to there were men? The wheel. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But, but how much? What do you think? I think how much of that was driven by this culture of toxic masculinity being something you need to avoid as a man, right? So you talk about violent. Well, let me tell you something. My dad was was a tough guy. Yep. My, but my dad was, was in a virtuous way, he was tough. My dad wasn't going to look for a fight. But I tell you something, if someone said something, said something wrong or did something to our family, my dad, oh, I, yeah. always, I knew he was going to step up and defend us. Right? I don't feel that way about most men. Because he was a man. Right? In your mind, like, that was like a man, right? right? But, but you know what? Take, take my dad and put him now at, at 35, 40 years old, and he would be toxic masculinity and he would he's be an aggressor bigger. but back then he was the leader of our home and he was looked up to and, and so that's the difference and that's why 15 20 years you know you've seen the last 15 20 years men taking a step back because mm. if not they're shamed they're mm. shamed for being too violent they're shamed for treating women inappropriately they're shamed for wanting their wives to stay home and raise their children right and that's where the society has shifted and oh, yeah. men men have a lot to blame in that uh, but i think they allowed it yeah and again Listen, my wife works, okay? And nothing, but my, my mom never worked, but my wife does. And I, that doesn't make me less of a man, right? That my wife works. Listen, if you want to work, fine, go work. I, I, I could always, uh, you know, uh, use a helping hand. There's nothing wrong with that, right? We work together. We're, we're husband and wife. But when it, when it becomes where, hey, listen, I'm going to work, and then 
you're gonna kick back and do nothing. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not that kind of man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You see those things happening, but I'm not one of those kind of people. I mean, how many people? How many men do we see now, Chaldean men, in their 30s, in their mid 40s, that are not married? And and a, a lot of the reason why, you know, a lot of the reason is, I believe, and I've talked to a lot of Chaldean men at that age. You know, women are so Chaldean women are are so. Um, are self-independent, educated. Like it's not like before with our mothers, where they actually needed the man. They depend on everything. They depended on the man for everything. Now, women, hey, I don't need you. And I think a lot of men, Chaldean men, are intimidated by it. I, I don't mean to put any of our Chaldean men down because our, our community is great, and we have a lot of great, um, uh, respectable Chaldean men that are working hard. But I think a lot of these guys that are single in their thirties and mid forties, I think they're intimidated by educated women that can bring home a, a same type of paycheck that a man can, right? And like you said, there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of them that are in their 30s, late 30s and 40s were raised by the fathers at our time where women don't work. So they don't know what to do. Your mom was home. She watched the kids. She raised the kids. Right. You know, um, I I think part of so. So if you look at it, like I look at um, I I look at my my upbringing, my my mom and dad, they both worked. Mm -hmm. Right. And they treated each other with respect and it worked for our family. And would I have loved my mom to be home with us to take care of us more? Absolutely. But you think about where things flipped. I think it went too far. I think there was, a, if I was a young woman looking up at my mom who was completely dependent on my dad, where he could do anything that he wanted and she couldn't have any say in it because he brought home the paycheck, of course I'm going to grow up and say that's never going to be me. Right. And I think that's where a whole generation of women looked up and said, that's not going to be me. But that's because I think the men took it too far. The men didn't give the women the opportunity to be a big part of that home, even though they maybe weren't the ones bringing home the paycheck, right? And so if I'm a girl growing up in that era, yeah, of course I'm going to grow up and I'm, I'm going to get my education and no man's ever going to do that to me. And now we've swung too far in the other direction, in my humble opinion. Yeah. So it's funny, we talked about husband and wives, right? And the equal um, opportunities they have or the equal things that they do in the household together. And you talk about how you're part of a marriage class, Pilar? Uh, Laura and I are involved in marriage ministry. That's your within, wife, Laura? With, yeah, yep, Laura, in, in the Chaldean uh, diocese. Nice. So in today's society, we're just talking about how husband and wife how those there's no more lines that exist anymore whose husband and whose wife it's a blurred line and we were talking about this earlier how that causes strife or problems in a marriage yeah you were talking about how we, you've seen we, examples we, of we mentor couples uh, okay. you know engage couples that'll come to us and they'll sit in, at our kitchen table and we'll talk and one of the questions we ask you know is are you on the same page in terms of expectations for hey are you both going to work are you both going to work when you have children how do you want to do those things and the especially with the younger uh, engaged couples you know and their 20s and early 30s even they 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 kind of look at us like how could you ask that question of course we're equal of course we're both going to work like how traditional old school and weird are you guys that you think it's not okay for a wife to for a woman to go out and work as much and i do think that causes i do think that causes stress in in a in a relationship and a marriage long term i'll give you an example there was a um you know it's and this is not to to say hey women who work aren't doing the right thing because every family situation is different but you you can see that having a parent raise their child 
right? And specifically the mother, who is the nurturer, who is just naturally better positioned to take care of those children. Having them home dedicated to that, that's a, that, how is that a bad thing? It's not a bad it's thing. Not, it's, it no. can't be a bad thing. Now, if, you're, if your life circumstances or situations don't allow for that, I totally get that. There was a study in Canada. There was, a, um, there was a, uh, an entire, I think it was a city, that basically subsidized uh, daycare for all of the children in the city so that all of the moms could go to work. And over the course of a couple of decades, they did research on these kids, and that's, that city's crime rates and depression rates and suicide rates went through the roof because these, this entire, entire city of children raised by daycare, right? And so you can't, you, you can't underestimate the value of having the children raised by one of the parents, specifically God's plan, I think, is, is in, in the mother. Um, but that doesn't mean, and this is where I think men lose too far early, right, in the, in the couple of the last generations, that doesn't mean the woman's not important. If anything, the woman's more important uh, and has, has more authority over those children at home than, than the men in some ways. So, you know, we do marriage prep also, Hannah, with, with them. You know, we're That's involved in a big, yeah, Hannah's my wife. Yeah. And we mentor couples also, but most of our couples are married. Okay. And you know, Sean, the biggest thing that I see, and we've mentored, I don't know, the past couple, past maybe two years, maybe 10 couples, right? Married less than five years. The biggest thing I see is women complaining and coming and saying, our husband cannot make a decision. It's not good. It's not good. The husband. You're supposed to be the the head of the house. The man thinks he's trying to please the wife by saying, yes, 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 yeah, whatever, whatever you want. She's telling, she's saying, listen. Like, I want a man. Like, do you, I want a man? Lead like, me. Lead me. And 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 this is when we can go back to the book of Genesis in the beginning of Adam and Eve. God created things in a certain order. He created man first, not to make him superior to woman, but this is the natural order of things. He gave man the responsibility to name the animals. When you have that responsibility, you have dominion over them. So he gave man some type of responsibility to lead his family, right, to lead them ultimately to Christ. And this is where Adam failed. We can even go back. This is how early the family failed. When the devil is tempting Eve, Adam is hiding in the bushes, not protecting his wife. Right. Right? So, uh, and it's still happening till today. The devil has one, one, he has a playbook. He has one play in it. And he's dividing the family. And he's separating men, not making them masculine, they feel like you know, and I'm telling you, the biggest they feel thing, afraid to be masculine. The first biggest complaint I get, like, where do you want to go out to eat? Wherever you want, honey. No, tell me I want to go to this restaurant. I want to go to Prime 20. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like steak. No, listen, first off, I have so many things I want to get to on this, but I love how you went to the Bible on that. I, you know, that's something that I, I, I often myself, I'm trying to do more and more. But, of course, you are a lot more versed in the Bible than I am. But I, I love that you went there right away. But so a few things. In our previous podcast, we talked about uh, holy feminism. And the two women I had in front of me agreed on this. Listen, men and women were created equal in dignity, right? But 100%. men and women 
in the eyes of God. Amen. But men and women were created differently. 100%. Right? They think different. They act different. Yeah. They complement each other. Yes. They complement each other. Adam and Eve complimented, but that's why God did what he did. A, a man cannot, I'm sorry, a man cannot raise children like a woman can. No, no. She cannot. You cannot. No. Like Pilar said, she, he can't nurture them. He can't give them the the love. that He gives them love, but a, a, a mother has a different type of nurture. And in the same sense, a woman cannot raise children and take the spot of a man. No. They need a father figure, so they need to work together. In union. In union. Listen, what I was going to say was um, one of the main reasons, not the only, but one of the main reasons why I fell in love and married my wife is because when her and I would talk about these things, she would say, I want you to be the man and I'm the woman. I'm like, great. This is the one. (laughs) You know, because before I was like... People I would talk to, you know, women I talked to, they'd be like, no, no, I don't need you. I'm like, all right, adios. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's what made me fall in love with my wife. But even, okay, so in today, in my household, the other day I, we were talking to my son, and he's like, Baba, mommy's my best friend. I'm like, hey, man, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm your best friend, too. Yeah. Remember, I love you, too. But it's just that motherly love. Listen, myself, I was saying to you guys earlier, I was raised by my mother. I I am the man I am today because a woman raised me. Mm-hmm. But then later on in my life, of course, I went to my father because I needed those things that only a man could provide. 100%. 100%. So there were statistics done on those kind of things, how a lot of the issues in today, in in, in today's society, especially like in certain demographics or certain like um, culture, like ethnicities and whatnot, how where the father is absent in the home, those are the societies or demographics that have higher society where it's violence, suicide, murder, stuff like that. If you look at over, I think it's like over 90% of the people who are in prison for rape or murder are come from fatherless homes. Yes. They call them daddy issues, right? Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to even relate to just men growing up, women themselves. Like my father wasn't there for me to guide me in these kind of things, right? But alone, again, men, they weren't given those boundaries. So, Earlier when I was talking with you guys, I was talking about how even when I play with my sons right now, like we rough play all the time. We do like karate chops. I teach, I teach them how to be rough, but I teach them those limits. Hey, you can't do this. When someone says stop, you stop. Like not to go across that line. But if I'm not there to teach them those things, to show them like, hey, this is how we're supposed to do, how to play sports, how to do these things. They need their father. They and and you're, you're teaching them in way more ways than just telling them. Frankly, that's probably 10% of what you're teaching yeah. them. They're learning from you based on what they see. Right. I mean, like, if you go to Pilar's house, he's got nine kids. You know, God bless them. God bless. I heard yeah. that, that <laughs> earlier. Is that true? You have nine, nine kids? kids. That, that is, so if, you if beat it's my not cousin. True, yeah, if it's not true, Jeff's just making stuff up on the podcast. <laughs> no, my cousin has eight. So you beat him. <laughs> I think okay. I met your cousin. Yeah. You met him, yeah. So guy. you go to his house, and uh, his wife, Laura, we go all the time. His, yeah, kids come up to you. They all hug you. It's beautiful. But... His uh, Laura was telling us one day, like uh, it was a Saturday, was a, we were there on a Friday. Saturday, Pilar was taking Ben out, which is the oldest boy. He's got ben. three boys, mm-hmm. and they were taking out to golf. And the girls are like, "Hey, we want to go." And Laura pulls him aside, say, "No, he the, Ben needs time with his dad. Yeah, even though there's six other six girls, but." He makes time for the boy because he needs it. He needs that man time. And, and Laura's like, no, you guys are not going, you know, we'll bake a cake or we'll do something else. No, she told me. But she, she said, needs time she said, there's ben. things I can't teach our yeah. boys. I need you to spend that time. She yeah. had to remind me. She had to tell You're me. Like, Thanks, babe. Yeah, I was like, yeah. golf? Dang. Yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's crazy. It's something that um, it's probably not even a big issue, but it hit me hard because when I was younger, I was, I was, I used to be a boy scout. Yeah. And 
we did a lot of things like, you know, we would do things, but it was all boys in this club, right? It was called Boy Scouts. Yeah. But nowadays, listen, there, there already exists this thing called Girl Scouts. But nowadays, society is saying, wait a minute, why can't girls be in Boy Scouts? And we'll just call it Scouts. So there's really nothing, I feel like there's, little by little, there's nothing We're left for it. just We're boys. Well, yes. the, Jeff talked about it earlier, where it's 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 coming from a demonic place, right? Mm-hmm. The devil's got to play in this playbook. And he knows if he take down the men, he can take down the head of the family, and he can take down the family. And the family is the, the smallest Lego block in the structure that is society. And if you take it down to the roots, it starts with men. Yeah. Right. If the family breaks down, if, if um, I, I read, I was reading a book. Um, um, it was about marriage, and I, I forgot the author, but he says in the book, the first the breakdown of society first starts with the breakdown of family. Pope why is, Paul said that. Yeah. Why is family? Why is family so important in in Catholicism? Right? Why can two men cannot be a family? Two women cannot be a family because that's the breakdown of society. You know, we're already society. Men didn't orient that. I mean, right? God, God didn't orient. No. That to be, so that way. men, society's already struggling with family and raising kids can you imagine if we take a step further and say like I'm totally against two men adopting kids oh but they're going to show love uh, fine, but they're not going to show them. They're not going to have a mother in their life or two women adopting children. Are those children going to be loved? Yes, but it's not just about love. It's about teaching the kids life. Right. You know what to do when when right. this comes up, when this comes up. I'm sure when Pilar takes his son uh, golfing, they have manly talks. When me, my, my son is 28 now, but when he was. He ain't a kid no, no, when he was 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, like you said, man. We were wrestling till he was 16. Mine are only two and one, yeah. by the way. And then one day he kind of, he was about 17. He put me through the wall. I'm like, man, we're done. That's enough. We're yeah. done wrestling, bro. Yeah. yeah. We're done wrestling, you know? So, but but we used to spend time together. We needed that time together right. as, as father and son. And he would ask questions. Hey, dad, you know, what's up with this? You know, and he needed you there. He needed me there, you know, as, as my daughter needed her mom. And now that, now that they're older, um, somehow, some way, my son has a better relationship with the the his mom, his mom yeah. and me and my daughter are tight. You're like, and hey, it's just it kind of flipped. It's but wonderful. you know what? They 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 know their boundaries. They she knows what it takes to be a woman. He knows what it takes to be a man. No, that's and that's wonderful. what that's what fatherhood's about. It's wonderful. So we earlier we were talking about the term toxic masculinity, and you know I, I challenge anybody to do this next time this argument comes around and. Whether it be a man or a woman, they say like, oh, toxic masculinity, and they keep on talking about it. But it, we talk about men and women, how they're fighting to be equal in everything, right? Fine. If men and women are equal, if there's toxic masculinity, then tell me what feminine or toxic femininity is. And well, they don't have an answer for that usually. No. Like, I don't know what that means. Exactly. No such thing. So fine. <laughs> if there's toxic masculinity, what's, what's good masculinity, right? We'll talk about that in a moment, but what yeah. is that, right? Yeah. No, I, Father Pierre put me on a book. It was, it's, uh, it was an amazing book, The Ante Mary Exposed. And I've heard of it. it it's it's, it's wonderful. It's an amazing. You can't put the book down once you start reading it. And it talks about that concept of toxic femininity. And the whole book is around how at some point in the 60s, basically, there was, there was, a, there was a group of women who tried to push the idea, and they successfully did, where they broke the relationship between the mother and the child. You know, we're talking a lot about the 
men and, and their involvement in the family and as leaders of the home. But that relationship between the mother and the child is so critical to how the family and the home is, is going to run and operate and how those kids are going to be raised. And that's that, that – no, we need to be out in the workplace. We need to make sure that, hey – we're, we're providing for our families just like the men are. We're just as equal in them in every single way. That goes against God's plan of co- co- compatible, right. right? Equal but compatible because you're both trying to do the same things and you're leaving a big void in that relationship with your children. Yeah. Such a good example. It's such a, such a great point he made there, man, about, about the dis- – it's just, you know, if we can – listen. If we can take everything back to scripture, society would be much more peaceful. But scripture, scripture seems to be the word of God seems to be our last resort. And even if we even decide to turn to it. Right. But scripture clearly defines marriage. It defines manhood. It defines the role of women. It defines homosexuality acts as bad. I mean, it defines everything us as Catholics that we believe in. So why don't we turn to it, Sean? Why don't people turn to it? Because in today's society, Jeff, um, being Christian or Catholic is not good. And yeah. being anti-Catholic or Christian is the way to go. Yeah, I, I see it every day and, and everywhere I go. And I tell, I tell people like, oh, yeah, um, I'm a Catholic. Oh, really? Like, that's a bad thing. Like, nowadays, we become the rebels mm-hmm. because we're Catholic. Yeah. Not the opposite where back in the day, like, everybody was this way. And, like, the bad people were rebels. Now we're the rebels. Yeah. Now. yeah. I think another thing, Jeff, though, that we're up against is the, the Bible and Scripture are intimidating to a lot of people these days. You yeah. grew up, you know, a hundred years ago, that's what we had. You had the Bible, you wanted to read something, everybody had a Bible in yeah, their home. Yeah. There wasn't TV, there wasn't the phone, there wasn't anything else, and then people talked about the Bible, and you heard sermons on the Bible, yeah. and you understood the Bible. Growing up, I'll be honest, myself, it was it was just, it was a book that I was never going to understand or ever be able to get through. Yeah. It was written 2,000 some years ago. Yeah. And every time I picked it up, I didn't understand what I was reading. Right. Right? I mean, I didn't even know what the Gospels were, and that's, you know, it's a real thin part of the Bible. So you pick it up, and you get into Isaiah, you're like, what am I reading? Yeah. You walk into Proverbs, you're like, well, this doesn't even make sense to me. Until you get you get you get to a point in your life which not a lot of people are in today's society where it does make sense. You do see it as the word and the message and God Himself mm-hmm. in in that book. And yeah. we don't we don't the vast majority of people that's why I don't go to it. It's too intimidating. It's too intimidating. Yeah, but you know, thank thank the Lord with technology nowadays, with the internet, with all these um, these resources that help us understand the Bible or Bible. With Jeff Kassab. Or, or Bible studies with Jeff Kassab. Yeah, yeah I heard, I heard, I heard they're good. Jeff, too. time and place, please. Uh, <laughs> Thursday night, 7 o'clock, ECRC. <laughs> right. No, listen, and we're talking about the Bible, and we're talking about all these wonderful things about being a man and sure. being masculine. And I have to mention the greatest man. Yeah. The greatest example of masculinity is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right? And he showed his true masculinity so many times. But yeah. it wasn't what today's society thinks of masculinity. It's what true masculinity was. Let me give you a few examples of how he showed this. So, first of all, Jesus Christ was a carpenter. Carpenters are tough yeah. men. Yeah. Right? He worked with wood and nails and he broke things. He put things together and he flipped tables around. Right? You know, all the carpenters listening right now are going to be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, Jesus, they, everybody thinks of Jesus as kind of the flowing hair and the cystasha, right. right? But the guy had, if he was a carpenter, he had calluses on his hands. He had Rough dirt hands. under his fingernails, right. right? The guy worked. That's what, and he was raised by a carpenter, yeah. Yeah. Joseph. Sure. Right? So another trait. He died for his bride, 
the church. Jesus Christ, so it showed he was a lover and was, a protector of his Of the family, bride. yeah, right? of the bride. And that's what he expects us men to be, to die for our brides, right? To die for the people we love, to take care of. Uh, he taught the people, right? He showed he was wise. He had wisdom. Uh, he loved his mother. Now, nowadays we think to ourselves, oh, I can't be sensitive. That's not a man. But Jesus Christ loved his mother so much, right? I thought he was sensitive. sensitive. The gospel says he wept. He wept. Jesus cried. If that's not sensitivity from a man, I don't know what is. Hold right? on. He's, he took his first his first miracle at the wedding of Cana. Sure. Didn't come from his own. He said, his mom said to him, Mary said to him, you know, no, you're going to do this. And he said, fine, woman, because you said so, I'll do it. Yeah. I came from, Jesus Christ said, okay, to his mother, yeah, right? Yeah. So I showed she, he loved his mother. He was sensitive. I, I, but it, he was also strong. He fought for what he believed. Yeah. When he when he went into the temple and he saw everyone <laughs> doing what they were doing, he didn't like that because he said, my father's house is a house of prayer, right? And he turned the money tables yeah. over. It showed he was a fighter. He, set up, he stood up for what he believes. Sure. Uh, even when he was contemplating everything in the Garden of Gethsemane where he he talked about like Father take this cup from me but if it's your will yeah. let it be done it showed he was courageous he didn't cower in the face of adversity so all these things that he showed us as a man to be men right yeah. well and the other thing he shows us too Sean you, you, you touched on it is he, he Lord, Lord let it be done according to your will right if it's your will let it be done he was submissive to God right so while he was the leader of the church and, and died for his bride he also was submissive to God and I think as men that's what we're called to be yeah. we're called to be the leader of our homes but we're also submissive yeah. Like he showed. That's beautifully that's said. That's pure masculinity. Yeah, masculinity. He came. The, I like he, the word pure masculinity. Yeah. Like that. He, he came. The reason, his purpose, we all know he came to die for us. But he asked many times, what was your, what is his purpose here? What is the purpose of Jesus? And he says in John chapter 6, I've come to do the will of the Father. That's, that's the reason why he came, right? That's true masculinity. But my favorite verse, and I mean, every time I read a Bible verse, I say this is my favorite, right? But all this here, right, all of them. Yeah. But this here defines manhood, right? When he was scourged, Pilate brought him out. He brought him out to the people, right? And he said to him, and uh, he, <clears throat> Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, here is the man. Now, little did know, little did Pilate know what man he was referring to. Some translations say, "Behold the, behold the man." This is the man of all men, right? He had Pilate had no clue what he man, was I saying. I like that one. Yes, I like that. that was a good yeah, one. Yeah, here is the man. Here is the man that that came to do the will of the Father. That died for his bride. That died for you, and that's true masculinity. And you know, and then look, as men, that's our role model. You said it. He behold the man. That is the man that we all, as men, need to be yeah. looking up to and say, how how can we be more like Jesus Christ? How can yeah. we die for our bride? Yeah. Right? How can we be submissive to the Father? Yeah. And, and we were talking about women. I think that's what the Mother Mary represents for women. Yeah. Right. The 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 most beautiful nurturer. I mean, if you look at the Mother Mary, what 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 more beautiful picture if you're a woman that you could look up to and say this is what I was truly made for God by God to be you know you mentioned the word he was submissive to God mm -hmm. right so in our previous podcast we were talking about holy femininity right and we talked about how when Mary right answered to the angel Gabriel and said let it be his will and not mine mm -hmm. she surrendered everything to him but in that surrender she gained power she's the mother of God now 
Oh yeah, what do you yeah. mean? She's, you said it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Women she's the queen of heaven. Correct. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. So again, that surrender doesn't have to always be a negative thing because we we surrender to God. Uh, Mary surrendered to to God as well. But again, in that in that surrender, <clears throat> they excuse me, they both gain power. Yeah. Well, how much? How, how many times does Jesus tell us? That, you know, the first would be last, the last would be first. There's power and humility, right? Right, and as, as men, that's what we're called to be too. Yeah, humble. yeah. It's 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 so important to really understand um, the masculinity of Jesus for men, and and even if we, I, and I, I wanted to mention like. If we go back to Genesis, I keep going back to Genesis because everything started there, right? And and in Genesis um, two twenty seven, he says there, God says, a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife and become one. Doesn't say anything about the wife yet, right? It's all about the man. The man takes the wife, they cling together. The, 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 there's a Hebrew word in there, the word cling, like literally means like her getting on your back and the two become one. You can't even see her. You guys are one flesh, right? So it, it's so important for us to, to really understand what manhood is in scripture from the beginning and from what Jesus defines what manhood is. He died on the cross. How I asked people that all the time. How much does Jesus Christ love his bride? Uh, everybody looks around. Uh, oh, he loved her a lot. He loved, He died for her, right? He died Will for, you his die for bride. your bride. I yeah. asked him that. Will you? You look at your wife or your fiance right now, and you, if you don't tell her that you will die for her or she will die for you, you guys are not ready to get married. And dying is a daily thing, Sean. I come home. Sean Pilar comes home, you come home every day. We die to our family so they can live. That's masculinity. Right. You know? Babe, you hear that? Every day I die for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I want to take it again back to God. And so do you guys agree with this statement that everything God creates is good? Absolutely. Yes, it has to be. So God created masculinity, so it has to be good. So when I hear the word toxic masculinity, I say to myself, this is not from God. Yeah, right, because yeah. it can't be, because God creates everything that's good. Now, true, evil comes into the world, but and He allows certain things, but He doesn't create evil things. And God created man, God created masculinity in Him. That's what He wanted Him to do. Well, men can do evil things, correct? And what I think people have done is they've taken the evil things men have done, they've tied it to certain traits of masculinity, and said that's that the evil is in the masculinity, and 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 that's not true. No, but it's a it's a perversion of what God's plan was. And there's many positive masculine traits that we can look to as men. For example, showing love, never being abusive, right? Being a protector, being the head of the house. We talked about that earlier, how important it is to be the head of the household. Uh, valor, right? You have to have, so I, I think about men back in the day storming the beach of Normandy. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was like, if they didn't have that in them to be like that masculinity, they would never storm the beach like that. And who knows how the world would have turned out? Yeah, right. we might not be sitting here. We right. might be. T- we might be speaking German. Yeah. I always talk. <laughs> I always talk about like men back in the day versus men today. Like I look at my grandpa's one. I one I met one I never, but one I heard all these beautiful stories yeah. about him. And what I saw, he's a man. He's a man, but. Men, they were they were men. They were men. Sean, right? you had sixteen year olds pretending to be eighteen so they could go storm the beach yeah. in Normandy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. That's a Enlisted. different world than we live in now. Oh, 100%. with guys walking around with man buns and manicures. Yeah, Sean, the, the protesting <laughs> not to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> the phrase I use is all the time in our Genesis men's group. The phrase "I got your back." Do you know where this originated from? No. 
the Roman army was the most powerful army ever. Sure, and, and they were for yeah. a reason, right? So with this phrase, I got your back, is a serious phrase. When you tell your brother or your buddy, or I tell Pilar, he calls me for something, I got your back, this is serious. 5,000 army Romans would line up when they were going into battle. They would wear 200 pounds of armor only in the front. They would they would cover their head, their chest, chest their plate, legs, and yeah. everything. Their back would be Exposed. not bare. Yeah. Why? Because the line behind them, the guy had his back. The soldier behind him had his back. Wow, that's So amazing. now we say, when does that. this line end? How about the guys at the last, their back is exposed? These guys would turn around, face the other way, and protect their back. So nobody's back was ever exposed. The After phrase, the yes. Yeah. The phrase, when you tell somebody back 2,000 years ago during the Roman time, this was serious. When you tell a man, I got your back, this is serious business. It means I protect you. I don't care who comes after you. But that's how the Roman army was so successful. And you see how you could take something so powerful like that and say, well, men, if you act like that way with other men, that's toxic masculinity. And easily, just like that, with one cultural shift, you can destroy something oh. so powerful and so strong that so it's the backbone of men and our whole society and whole family for thousands and thousands of years. And in one generation, we've smoked it based on 100%. just one pivot in the culture. And I blame men for it. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You can't blame anybody they're, else. No, no. They're allowing this to happen. Yeah. Like, where were you? Okay. I The term you guys use in the Genesis. Uh, Am I my brother's keeper? No, not just man up. Oh, man up. Hey, yeah. man up. Right, we all need to man up. Yeah, right. and it's a lot of men take that negativity. We don't. We we don't mean like man up. Oh, you're feminine. No, no. Be a man. Be the take, true. Be the true man yeah, that God, God made created you to be. be. Take 100%. control of your family. You know, take, we need to take our family back from society that slowly the secular world is pulling the 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 value of families. Us men, we need to take it back, Sean. Listen, this is one of the main reasons why my my two-year-old is going to be three this year, why I did everything I could in my power to make sure that he went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Not because, oh, I think it's cool to go. I, I do think it's cool to go to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school all my life, yeah. right? But there's something in that kind of education and having that morality that I wanted to have and not be exposed to the world the way it is today. And I'm when we were growing up, this wasn't as bad. But no. imagine today what he's going to be taught if it's Ugh. not in a Catholic society, right? Yeah. In a Catholic school. So, and even I, nowadays, I you got to gotta be careful what Catholic school nowadays also. Well, thank God. I'm not yeah. Catholic school, but thank God. Yeah. It's a good yeah. right? Yeah, I, for I've sure. Heard, I've only heard good things for about sure. it. For sure. So the last thing I want to touch on, uh, we're talking about scripture and all that. But there, there was even a study that was done. Uh, I, I want to say it was in, in Switzerland in the 90s, in the late 90s, where they did a study on when the man of the house attends church versus when the woman, like, you know, the, the mother or, or, or vice versa. Right. And the results that they found were astonishing. Yeah. Right. So it goes this. This is what the study came up with, the, the conclusion. And this is only a part of it, of course. It says if both father and mother attend church regularly. Right. Uh, Thirty three percent of their children will attend on a regular basis. They'll actually stay Catholic. Right. Yeah. Or just attend church, church. Right. And then 41% of them will attend, but not as regular. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, versus only one quarter of their children will end up not practicing at all. And if the father is irregular in his practices of going to church and the mother is like devoted to going, right? Only 3% of their children. So it drops from 33 to 3. Right. Wow. Percent. Yeah. So, 
and it goes on and on about more more statistics about that. But at the conclusion of everything is, you know, when the father, the head of the household, goes to church, the children are more prone to follow their father's lead and go to. Church. Now, now I'm not saying moms, if you go to church, it's a bad. You know, it's a great thing. A great Continue thing. doing it. Continue with doing what you're doing. But I'm just saying, off this study alone, yeah. they showed this that when the father goes. The children are more prone to follow the father's lead. I, I never I, something sticks out of my mind. Father John Ricardo, I always turn back to him. One of the reasons he became a priest, his dad was CEO of of Chrysler back in the seventies. Oh, wow. Okay, big. His dad, very wealthy, very successful. Yeah. He used to travel um, all the time with a private jet through Chrysler. He made sure. There was plenty. He could have stayed wherever he was at, but he would fly back every night because he wanted the father of the house to be home with his family. And Father John remembers that. He also remembers every night when Father John Ricardo got home, he would see his dad in his room on his knees praying scripture and a rosary in his hand. That image has stuck with him for 50, he's 53, 54, all his life. And he defines manhood by looking at his father. That's amazing. So men, I, 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 I mean, I'm sure Pilar's going to leave us with something. But for me, if, if, if us men don't teach our children who Jesus Christ is, they're not going to find Jesus Christ. Yes. They're not going to find Jesus Christ in the world. Mm. The world is going to teach them something totally different. And if your child goes away to college and you don't teach him who Jesus is and he comes back three or four years later or she and says, dad, I'm an atheist or dad, I left Catholicism. Don't be mad at the child. Blame yourself. That's all I could say. Amen, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'm going to up the ante a little bit, Jeff, yeah. because basically if what you're saying in that study is accurate, which it's a study that I've heard referenced many times, then what really is at stake, Sean? What's at stake? What's at stake is our faith, the entire Catholic faith, mm-hmm. uh, not just our society. And so as men, the men listening to this podcast, the three of us sitting around this this table, it is completely incumbent upon us to make sure we are the leaders of the faith in our home. Because if we're not, generation after generation at 3%, do the math. How long does that take before no one's in the pews? How long does that take before the devil's plan wins? And we're seeing it. And that is starting right now. Yeah. We're living it. And this whole podcast, everything we talked about, none of this happens if we didn't fall victim to those numbers. 100%. And men stop doing doing the faith. And we do have to plug in our Genesis podcast, Sean. Please. <laughs> so, uh, since we're talking about men, you know, we do have a Genesis four nine men's group that uh, there's a few of us involved in it. And um, next week we'll be recording our first podcast. So, um, you know, and uh, nothing uh, is totally different from this podcast. It's kind of geared towards men, and we're just addressing everyday issues that men are having. And um, it'll be a fun podcast. And um, we're hoping to have you on as a guest. And I was going to say, people. I look forward and, to coming on yeah. as a guest. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Right? No, you guys, uh, amazing, amazing. Everything we were talking about right now, and I thank you guys for both, you know, Pilar and Jeff. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. Our pleasure. My closing thought on this is this. To all the men listening to this podcast, I say be men in the face of adversity. Be men in loving your family. Be men of your word. Be men of honor. And lastly, and most importantly, be men of God. Amen. 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 Amen to that. Amen. So like I close every single podcast, I'm going to close it with this closing line. 
Remember, go forth with confidence and remember that you have the right to be Catholic. Thank you, everybody. You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.